All right then, everybody in podcast land out there, welcome to another Tank Nation podcast. So this is where we bring the outside in. And uh, our brother Sean Oliver, ex-resident here on the Polonsky Unit, was our uh, actually our pastor in our Protestant programs here for many years. How you doing now? So the street people become the father figures to you. So 
At what age did you ever go to any juvenile detention centers? No, I never did go to juvenile. You know, I was on uh, juvenile probation. Okay. Did that for a year, and I never did go to juvenile. Okay. And the first time I got in trouble was, yeah, it was to the big house. When he said that, I was on deferred adjudication. Okay. The reason I want to bring this out, a lot of times before we hit the penitentiary, Something happens mm-hmm. dealing with law enforcement. So for me, when I was on deferred adjudication, I looked at that as just a bump. I didn't look at that yeah, as a like fine race. Yeah, yeah. But I missed the lesson. Mm-hmm. What about you? Wow, that's very vital, Sean. Yeah. Likewise, I missed the lesson. Like I kind of got a little scared straight programmers they would say, mm-hmm. but I didn't get the lesson. Yeah, it, it was just a little tap, and I went back to doing what I was doing, hanging with the guys, and yeah. I got you. The reason I want you to know that when you, where you at? The minor cases, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm being real. I know somebody gonna laugh at this, but the extra necessities, mm-hmm. the, the, the stealing, yeah, yeah, yeah. We get taps on the wrist while we're in there, and all I'm sharing with you mm-hmm. from his history, my history, Nancy's history. Taps on the wrist before incarceration, not heated to eventually led to incarceration. Taps on the wrist during incarceration, not heated to, mm-hmm. may put you on a route back or may keep you there longer than you need to be. Wow. And we, we have to realize that it's a mindset. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you feel like that you can get away with something mm-hmm. or you can indulge in a certain type of activity and just get a slap on the wrist, then you will continue in that behavior. Yeah. You have some men and women right now that's in TDC that feel like they still got one more run in them. Mm-hmm. They yeah, down there, they're going to the law library and they're studying. That's real time. They're, they're studying to say, well, I can't get caught with this amount. Exactly. But if I get caught with this amount, it's just a state jail felony. Yeah. See, yeah. it's the mindset. the mindset. And so what we're here to do is try to uh, alleviate the, the, the small thinking. The Bible says it this way. And I just don't want to be preachy, but I have to say, the Bible says that it's the little foxes that Mm -hmm. destroy the vineyard. So it's the little things in our life that if we don't don't get those things right, then the big things we'll never be able to accomplish. So the clothesline, the clothesline is a simple thing, but it's a a lesson to be learned. From 6 p.m. to 6 a.m., you can put your clothesline up. But you got some people that want to wash clothes all day. So what happens is, is they make a transition. <laughs> but what happens is they make a transition yeah, yeah, into society. Come and on, the parole officer says, yeah, yeah. you need to be in by 7. Yeah, yeah. You want to buckle And you want to push the envelope. You want to push the envelope like, you, you know that you're on the north side of Houston and you stay on the south side. And yeah. you need to be home at 7. You leaving at 6. 645. Ain't gonna make it. You can't push the envelope with life. And so it's the little lessons in there. So you got the the juvenile probation. He was exposed to the criminal justice system. Regardless of how minor it was, it was probation. You didn't learn nothing. I didn't learn nothing. You didn't learn nothing. And as a result of that, it created a lifestyle. So here it is. You got away with that. You went on probation. You got off probation. And now what happened then? He said, led to a lifestyle, man, of uh, chasing the money, chasing the money. Uh, as these both brothers just said, like, you can't mix water with oil. It's not going to work. Mm-hmm. 
and I always kept a job, you know. So again, same thing. So it was the mindset. Because again, I still had some upbringing, you know, as the word of God says, train up a child the way he should go. When he gets older, he should not depart from it. So even though I was straddling the fence, these teaching and these principles from the word and mom, mom and grandma praying, I still knew the truth. You know what I mean? I still knew the truth. So God was still dealing with you in your darkness. So he was dealing with me in my darkness. Yeah. And uh, so I was still chasing this lifestyle of trying to be this self-made man without God. Okay. The self-made man, quote-unquote, yeah. we want to be this king man. And yeah. We should be transparent and uh, chasing it all the wrong way. But to answer your question, Albert, it led to me going deeper and deeper in the sin. Mm -hmm. And uh, my first in incarceration was something that I didn't even was known for. Mm -hmm. I'm not glorifying nothing in the the world that we do to indulge, you know, all of the sin and sin is wrong is wrong, but I ended up being caught up in a robbery case. Okay. You know, being a driver, you know, but like you say, sin will take you farther than you want to go, keep you longer you want to stay. Absolutely. And I indulged in something that man, it was shocking. Man, dude, you ain't, you know, you mm -hmm. real selling dope and you did you know, yeah. so but it just led deeper, deeper into uh uh, a spiral, you know what I mean? Yes. It, it led me to a darker lifestyle and uh, I ended up getting caught up and uh, had a seven year sentence. Mind y'all, this is my first time. Mm -hmm. And uh, seven years, I ended up doing four years on this seven. Four years on seven. So it's a key thing that you said is that you was living a lifestyle and you got with some people yeah. and began to live a different lifestyle than what you were living. Yeah. So what would you say to the men and women who we are talking to now about the association mm -hmm. with the people that they involved with now? Before he answers that, good example. I saw this on closed custody. I'm being very transparent, being real. I didn't get caught up in it, it wasn't my thing. But those who watch me know about their peel lines. I don't know if they still got their peel lines. <laughs> to make a long story short. Individuals with masturbation problems mm -hmm. and masturbating on the nurses, dudes who didn't even think like that, wow. come, on, come on down to the yeah. field, like come on down. And when he said that, yeah, yeah. it's that easy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I said, no, I didn't get caught up in that, but there's been other things where it's like, that's not my thing. So I just mm -hmm. want everybody to mm -hmm. key good. in on it. Even when you're doing your thing, mm -hmm. yeah. when you associate with this madness, it tends to you cross mean? lines that you wasn't even planning on crossing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So yeah. what would you say about the uh, association within the penal institution? Oh man, it's very vital that you hang around some brothers or my sisters if you, you know, that you hang around sisters or brothers that's headed in the same direction that you want to go mm -hmm. once you reiterate the free world or society, quote unquote, would say, because you want to have that positive influence, you know, so you want to be whether it's child or working out, you know, in the dorms, in your cell, hanging around people, talking to people that's heading down a lifestyle that you desire to obtain once you get out. Because, you know, as we know, the old saying, birds of a feather flock together, and that's so true. Like, you got to separate yourself. So you you can't be afraid to walk alone. You know how we walked up in that shot. So you can't be afraid to walk alone, picking up your word, reading books, studying, doing things to sharpen your mind out here. Because whatever you do in there is going to show out here. So if you're in there slicking and jiving, as my brother said, you know, still want to sell a little something or still want to, you know, get contraband, all that's going, you're not breaking no chains. So all that's going to follow you out here. 
So all that to say, I know I'm kind of going around, but I'm just trying to touch everything, but get in there and hang with positive, like-minded people. Okay, and so you said that um, you've done seven years. How many bids in the Texas Department of Criminal Justice have you served? Oh, man, three different bids. Three different ten years total. A total of ten years, okay. Yeah. And so now you've done three bids in the Texas Department of Criminal Justice. You got out your last time when? Here we go. 2019. I've been home four years now. Okay, so 2019. And what are some of the challenges that you faced since you made your transition? Man, that first year was rough. Rough. I came home on a GPS monitor. And I'm like, wow. Football. Football. Oh, Football, man, and it's like, you know, brother saying like, you got to, I had to report to go wash clothes mm -hmm. in my own apartment. I had to report to go to church to take my daughter. It, it's, it's, it was, it was very challenging. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, it's really, I don't want to say a setup for you to fall because again, we was in there for doing wrong, but now since your third time, we're going to put this leash on you a little tighter. Okay. And... God saying, okay, son, you know, but so I'm really like, yeah, why am I on this? I did my time. Mm -hmm. But he said, so for me, it was personal. I need to know that you really got it. Mm -hmm. So it was a little test to tighten me up even more, but that first year was challenging. Like, I got my CDI drop trucks as well as my clothing line, and I couldn't even drive. I couldn't get a job. Like, they wanted me just to, I'm like, man, can y'all, but favorite guy, I still was able to drive, but I couldn't go nowhere. It was, it was tough. It was tough. Okay, so do you feel like that the discipline that you acquired while you were incarcerated helped you in your transitioning when you faced those hard times Most out here? Most and definitely. when I hear people talk about the monitor, I'm reminded of the yellow line. Hmm. I'm reminded of how we are told yes. that we have to stay on the right side of the yellow line. Yeah. And so I often used to tell people when I came home and had the monitor on me, of course I didn't have a GPS, I had yeah. a curfew. Yeah. But the thing is, is that if I can walk on the other side of a yellow line for 27 years, five months in one day, hmm. why can't I Do walk, I walk the line with a GPS monitor and be able to enjoy my freedom? So I'm, I'm glad you was able to overcome that. You done one year on the GPS yeah, monitor, yeah. okay? And so you got off the GPS monitor, and what has life been like for you since then? Oh, man, it's been beautiful. You know, not to say there haven't been no challenges, but again, go back out with all that structure made any other challenge a hurdle. I'm, I'm jumping over that, you know what I mean? Because now God has equipped me. I'm stronger now. So I'm jumping over these, you know, minute, small little hurdles, but overall it's been grand. I'm blessed, man. You know, full-time dad now. I got my daughter. Hey. Uh, you know, I'm driving trucks. I'm local. You know, relaunched my clothing line. Uh, got my own spot. They condos in my name. Hey, Want to do it? He does it. Man, <laughs> you know, I've been able to travel now. I'm on uh, minimum uh, custody. So I report every three months, sometimes six months, because yeah. I'm doing the right thing. Absolutely. You know, not saying I'm hurt, but I'm doing the right thing. And when you build that trust, and number one, that trust with God, is the word of God says, once you find favor, man has to find favor with you. So I, I just thank God, man. It's, it's just been favor. It's been favor, and it becomes easy, as my brother Albert says, and my brother Sean, it becomes easy doing the right thing. And mom says, you know, she always says someone should do it. It just becomes a lifestyle. That's right. It becomes a lifestyle. So. Um, a note I want to make, 
formerly incarcerated, formerly incarcerated, formerly incarcerated. One of the things that I love about this platform is to let you know everybody around you in prison is not out to get you. That's right. mm -hmm. Everybody around you in prison is not less than you. Mm -hmm. I think I'm being very blunt with this. There's a lot of people doing time, men and women who look around at others and judge them by their actions. Oh, you in the penitentiary, you ain't nothing. I ain't going to do shit my family, I ain't going to do this. Mm -hmm. But when we look in the mirror, and my, my charges might be more serious than anybody's. I, man, I ain't that bad. Or, man, I deserve a good wife. Or, or I'm going to make a good man. And the reason I just want to bring that out to say, yes, there's using, there's manipulating, there's game, there's all that in prison. But there's also friendships, yeah. Yeah. some closer yeah. than others. Yeah. And there's relationships that God can take and use beyond that place. Mm -hmm. Just a note to somebody. Yeah. 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 Look yeah. at the people around you and know, well, know that you are valuable. That's right. Regardless yeah. of your circumstances and know that those around you are valuable. Yeah. So you've been home a little bit over four years now and you've gotten your CDLs and you've gotten custody. God has allowed you to reconcile with your daughter. Mm -hmm. And so you're actually being the father yeah. to your daughter that for those times that you were away mm -hmm. that you wish you could be. Exactly. How does it feel to be reconciled back with your daughter? Man, it's uh, truly a blessing, man. Truly a blessing of restoration. And, you know, as God said, he'll, he'll restore the years that the locals and the cake weren't behind. Mm -hmm. And uh, just having my daughter full time, man, yeah. it's something I always thought of. Uh -huh. Like, man, baby girl, you get the high speed, don't come with dad. And yeah. that's exactly how it happened. So it's, it's, it's really joyful, man. I can't even explain it either, man, but it's beautiful. It's beautiful because these are vital years. My daughter just turned 16 now. Okay. And these are vital years again. Remember, I, I strayed and these are vital years. And yes. even though the enemy kind of come in for our children, you know. So I just thank God that I'm in place, sound mind, I'm in tune spiritually, mm -hmm. you know, be able to provide for her and give her these tools that she needs to get ready to grow into her adulthood. So it, it, it's it's truly a blessing. Truly a blessing. Let me let me, let me interrupt. Something you're comfortable with. Is there a situation or something as a father you had to deal with concerning your daughter that you can tell us to prepare somebody? Because I'll tell the dads, because I get to I get to go to high schools and yeah. a lot of these young ladies or I go into the juvenile detention centers, and all of these young ladies want to follow. But some of them bad. Some, and I'm not speaking about your daughter. Yeah, yeah. Some of them have been molested. And wow. what happens is, I know because I'm dealing with them, they want a relationship with their daddy. But when their daddy tries to have a relationship with them, they yeah. bring some stuff to their daddy that's like, I tell them, I say, yeah. you got to look past what you experience awesome. or what you really want. Because I'm saying as a man, mm -hmm. when I'm still reaching out, reaching out, and yeah, that might yeah, not be the yeah. situation. Mm -hmm. But I hope that he can drop something on a father so that you can be prepared. You know, there's some kids that's going to welcome you with open arms, and mm -hmm. there's still going to be some other problems. Yeah, yeah. But there's also some kids who are rebellious, who are angry, mm -hmm. and they still need you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, as far as me, in my case, I just thank God that the relationship was being mended while incarcerated. So mom stepped in place and bringing her today with dads mm -hmm. and trying to keep that relationship. And again, brothers, write your kids. Whether they write back, so that's a tool. Write, write, write. Whether you get a letter or not, mm -hmm. 
we got to always remember we're the fathers and they're the children. So if, if they respond to he or she respond, your daughter or your son, it's cool. And keep praying and keep praying. Uh, did I deal with a lot of challenges? No, because that bond was there. And before incarcerated, I was there. But it was more of a dad don't slip up. Good stuff. So I did get the side eye here and there, you know, going through my monitor and dad stay strong. You know, and we have to understand. Yeah, yeah. We have to understand that we've broken our trust with the children. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, so, yeah. I mean, I don't, I'm not fortunate to have any children yet, nor do I have a wife, but I see a lot of broken children, mm -hmm. and they have a right to be mad. Yeah. You know, yeah. because, number one, they didn't ask to be here. Exactly. And we, as the fathers, or we, as the mothers, made a conscious decision to go out and do what we've done yeah. with without the consideration of the ripple effects. Mm -hmm. Because... Our decision, regardless of man or woman, mm -hmm. incarcerated, it has a ripple effect. Yeah. And a lot of times we do not pay attention to the ripple effect. So the child has every right to be upset. And it's our responsibility and our duty to get our children to the place of trust. Mm -hmm. And it's trust earned overnight. Most adults, whether a man or a woman, we have trust issues as adults. So magnify that times a million when you're dealing with a child. Because why? That child's mind is a blank consent. Mm. And what do I mean wow. by a blank consent? Wow. I mean that everything that is recorded wow. on that children's mind is what's going to be played back when that child becomes an adult. So we have to develop that relationship with our sons, with our daughter, and even with our spouses. Because why? We walk out of their life. Mm -hmm. They don't walk out of our life. That's good. And so now that these men and women coming home, we have to reestablish that. And for some, it may happen instantaneously. Why? Because the love of the father, the love of the mother was never tainted. Yeah. Your mother stepped in, mm -hmm. and she was able to keep that lifeline between yeah. the father and the child while he was incarcerated. But for the parents who are incarcerated now, who doesn't have that lifeline. Mm -hmm. There's some mothers, there's some fathers, but their child right now is sitting in a hotel room because they've been turned over to CPS custody. Mm -hmm. CPS doesn't have any places for them. They can't be adopted out. They can't be put in someone else's house. So they're sleeping in hotels now. Wow. What is that child being subjected to? Yeah, yeah, that's deep. So that trust has been violated. So we gotta get out and try to do everything that we can to establish that trust yeah. all over again. And then once you build that trust, you build that relationship and you will see the love yeah. reestablished because I don't care what we've done mm -hmm. as children. Our parents, say, yeah. our parents are still our prize. Side yeah. note, if you are watching this and you know inside of yourself, you haven't gotten you together. Mm -hmm. I'm going to walk real light here with the parents. Make sure you get you That's to good. the best place you can. That's good. That's because good. I believe that most parents, if not all, you can want the best for the child. But when there's trauma, mm -hmm. dysfunction, yeah. and, and in some cases, the word that I'm looking for, habits that you're still dealing with. I'm not mm -hmm. saying there's perfect parents. I'm saying... If you know you're not ready, mm -hmm. 
that might be why they're still with the grandparents. Yeah, yeah. Even, yeah. even to the extent that Yancey is talking about, and that's good. Better yeah. for you to get ready. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that you can overcome any challenges mm -hmm. that that your kids are going to bring, because there are some people back in prison mm -hmm. because you couldn't deal with the pressure. What that means is. Man, my kids want, my kids need, yes. and you got it by any means necessary because you're looking at it like you're a provider. Yeah. But in the same token, all I'm saying, you have to be in a place where you're stable enough to sustain you. That's a good word, good word. Before you stabilize your children. And when I say stabilize, I'm not trying to be worried. I want you to have your kids. Absolutely. But the honest truth is everybody's not ready to get right out and yeah, get with their kids. That. And I'm going to say this on you. Mm -hmm. Be humble enough to say, I need some time. Upon your freedom. I know somebody cussing me out right now, but I know when your child does come in your life, if you prepare for them, you have the rest of life. But to come back in their life and add more baggage. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I'm just trying to help. That's a good word. Now, piggyback with your brother, Sean. Like I said, get ready in there. So, whether it's classes, parenting classes we took. Uh, boards, all these things to help your thinking and your mental, your number one, your spiritual uh, intact. Mm -hmm. Get ready. But as he said, coming home is going to be some pressure mm -hmm. on you first and foremost. So you don't want to bring that baggage to your children if you're not ready. And to clarify that, I didn't get my daughter to two years after I was home. Okay. So that was a blessing, you know. Catherine, let me, you know, number one, God, let me get a position as a full father and say, okay, son, now you're ready. Got this stable job and this, you know what I mean? You had time. Well, yeah, I had time. So that one, I'm just piggybacking. Shine out was a good word. Make sure you're ready because the kids don't need to go to no more drama. No more drama. And things are, of course, expensive out here. You know, so. Yes. As my brother said, don't think you can go and try to hit a lick and no, 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 no. So, so, so again, it's okay to say no as well. But make sure you're ready. Make sure you're ready because the cost of living is going up. It's, it's expensive out here. And that's not to scare you, but just to prepare you to be ready to take on that full responsibility. Because again, my brother said, they didn't ask to be here. So let's do it in the timely fashion. When God says right, it's right. And then you talk about uh, how expensive it is to live out here and how expensive to have a child. Yeah. But guess what? I get letters every week. A bag of coffee is now four dollars and twenty-five cents, or four dollars and fifty cents. So the, the the complaints that are they are having now, yeah, they're getting a taste of what is really going on. Uh, what's, yeah. milk, what's milk now? Milk like now. eight dollars. Yeah, like six, six, eight, eight dollars. Just giving you an example because for me, dollars. not for you, but for me, yeah. When I heard milk, eight dollars. Yeah, milk. 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 Yeah. Just, just giving it to you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I went to a restaurant the other day to buy a salad. <laughs> a Caesar salad. Okay. I, I went to buy a salad. salad. <laughs> a, a, a salad. And guess what they said? It doesn't come with eggs. There's no eggs in the whole restaurant wow. because of the price of, of eggs. And so rather than put an egg and inflate the price of the salad, they rather take the egg off and not pass the cost over to the customer. And let me let me give you some more. It's real. I know we, we on some serious stuff, but let me say this: those Roman noodles. <laughs> okay, right now, like on Facebook yeah. and stuff, there are people who make money. Yeah. yeah. Out here on social media, showing 
people who have never been in jail or prison, how to make spreads. Imagine when you can get whatever kind of cheese, whatever kind of <laughs> All I'm sharing with you is some of the skills you learn in them. Yeah. I'm not playing. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm not talking about nobody in low income. I'm saying people are looking at these things yeah. and, and, and like, man, show me how to make that. And people are actually putting together books and things, how to make penitentiary spreads and yeah. make money. Yeah, absolutely. That's real. Yeah. You got a restaurant out in Canada. That's not, I want to go try. <laughs> You know, one of the, the, the most popular podcasts that they have on the tablets and the TDC is Truck and Hustle. Mm -hmm. And being that you oh, are in the Truck and Hustle game, you yeah. got your CDLs, share with us. Get your notepads out. Yeah, get your notepad, get your pen and paper, because big one, one of the things that I dislike about what I'm seeing on Truck and Hustle is they glorify the money that's being made. Yeah, yeah. But, during the pandemic, the rates was high. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. we're not in pandemic no more. Exactly. And so I would like to just share some highlights from a trucker's perspective of some of the downsides yeah, of yeah, being yeah. a trucker. Yeah, yeah. Well, as far as which side you want to hit, you know, bro side, you know, because I was driving my brother, he has this, him and his wife got their own uh, trucking business. So I'll give you a little bit of that side and start with them. You know, you got to get on the load board. Find the loads, uh, you know, then now you gotta make sure the load is, is it worth it to drive these miles and get gas prices going up? Uh, gotta make sure is there a backhaul for me to come back to not only deliver load, but do I have a load coming back? That way we can get all this money, you know what I mean? Squeeze two for one. Like this gas that we two spent. Two for one. Two for one. <laughs> so as far as that, that side of it, like you say, the, uh, what you call it, the load board and finding these loads, it can get difficult. The gas prices is up. Uh, of course, maintenance is super high. Mm -hmm. uh, so for me, I would prefer anybody that's thinking about going into the trucking business, get your license and probably get on with a company first. That way you got a little security blanket. That way if anything happens, mm -hmm. it's not all on you yet. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Even as my brother Alvin, he just started his transportation, brother still got theirs, but that was ever being a financial situation. Mm -hmm. Just in case something happens to this truck or this van, mm -hmm. I can get the tires fixed, I can get the gas, or whatever it may be. So I would just encourage you brothers just to think about our sisters because you got women that's driving as well and making great money. So it's great, but it's also a downside. And I was just blessed enough during the COVID, the company I drive for, we deliver plastic material, which makes the water bottle. So you know the world needs water. Oh my it's God. not going nowhere. So yes. our trucks stay rolling, but on the flip side, it is a downside. And you gotta be able to save, excuse me, save for those rainy days. You're making the money, but you also gotta put back and save and put up for those rainy days. Yeah. I'm not a I'm not a trucker, mm -hmm. but besides the man that sits before you, I know a few truckers who have the house have the truck, have the cars, have a wife or a girlfriend, and family life tore up. Only reason I'm saying I'm not a trucker. Yeah, yeah. Be careful. You prayed or you waited mm -hmm. to get in relationships with family members you have, mm -hmm. a family you want to create. Make the money. Mm -hmm. Do what you need to do. Mm -hmm. Don't sacrifice your family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's right. And, and great work, brother. And that's the reason I stay local. 
Because I've been gone long enough mm -hmm. out of my daughter's life. So true or not, I can make more money going out of state. I'm in the state to state, but I stay close because, again, the money is valuable, but family is irreplaceable. So, you know, uh, count the cost. As my brother said, count the cost. You know, it's great money, great opportunity, especially if you don't have any school and education. You know, I have my GED or you don't have any uh, college degrees and it's a great, great trade to make six figures easily, mm -hmm. but count the cost, count the cost. So now we got CDL, we got father out of the way. So now you've come home and you said that you're an entrepreneur. Yeah. And so you started your own clothing line. Can you just highlight uh, some of that? Because I know when I was at TDC, I used to have people sketching their own patterns and trying to come out with their own clothing line. So yeah, yeah. that is a, an opportunity as well because the fashion is three basic things that you're always going to need. Yeah. You're going to need food, shelter, and clothing regardless of a pandemic or no pandemic. Ooh, yeah. And so now you're in the clothing line, you got a, your own brand, share with the, our audience, uh, our brothers and sisters that you, we left behind, what your clothing mm -hmm. line is. Okay, and I'm gonna start first where you just said, cause it started inside the prison system. Okay. So I was one of the guys that started sketching and handing one of the best jars in the dorm some soups and wham whams to draw these ideas, but let me rewind a little bit more onto that. I was one day in the law library, you know, reading books. I had just completed my GED, and I was reading this notable quote book. Mm -hmm. And I was going to people like, you know, greats, should I say, excuse me, like Martin Luther King, mm -hmm. uh, you know, JFK, and uh, Rosa Park, you know, just reading their notable quotes. Mm -hmm. And I got like a light bulb moment. The guy said, you know, go to Benjamin Franklin page. So I go to Benjamin Franklin page, start reading his quotes. Mm -hmm. I said, wow. I said, no wonder this guy's face is on this big face that we chase that the world needs. Yeah. And immediately I got a vision, like literally a light bulb moment. The guy said, this is a clothing line. Okay. And I said, wow. So I took the book, checked it out, went back to the dorm, started reading and doing my research on this guy. You know, because again, even though Benjamin Franklin is a great guy, but I have to make sure his standards and principle line up with mine. Okay. You know what I mean? So it's about the money, but you also don't want to uh, degrade your character, okay? Or anything, or your beliefs just to try to Chase do something that's lined up. Yeah, yeah. So if it ain't lined up, so to make a long story short, this man was a God fearing man. You know, so I read all his autobiographies, okay. wanted to abolish slavery. Well, he did abolish slavery. He signed the 4th of July, I mean, yeah, yeah, 4th of July Independence Day. The reason that we are independent. So all that to say, I gravitate all of that. Then I started making my sketches. Okay. Started making my sketches, and I came home. This was my second time incarcerated. Uh, got incarcerated in 06. This was drug charge. Got incarcerated in 06. Came home in 08, and uh, kind of laid it to the side. Mm -hmm. Then you know, working and God said, "Hey, I, I gave you a gave you a line to finish." Mm -hmm. You know, and. I said, okay, mind you, I always was, you know, not too long on, but had a way with fashion. You know that, that was always clean. Absolutely. You know, so it was in always. the bloodline, but I never thought that I would have a clothing line. And I stepped out in faith, man. So all I knew was about fashion, but as far as the industry, mm -hmm. I didn't know anything. I just stepped out of faith, and then I had a friend that was a graphic designer, reached out to him, you know, got my DBA, which is doing business as, you know, I went down to the courthouse, that's only six. $16, you guys, if y'all think about, you know, DBA, and then I started Soap Fire. Recently, I got my LLC, but 
really just learning the homework of the business and, you know, and totally investing in myself. God, if I caught you right, he went and got his DBA. Then he started as a sole proprietorship. Yes, correct. I started, and I'm still a sole proprietorship because if you don't have too many employees, yeah. or you're the only employee, that's the route to go. You have to spend some money, but yeah. by the time you get to the LLC, mm -hmm. and get, you're going to have to spend a lot more money. So just just a little side, yeah. what yeah. you said, yeah. a sole proprietorship, file your paperwork, get with the county, correct. that's obtainable. Yeah. Work yeah. towards the LLC, but it's still yours. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, he said, I did all that, so now I'm under my LLC, and uh, things are going well. And I just want to share that with you guys that make sure that it's not only a good idea, but a God idea. Mm. Because getting in business, everybody want to be a boss, but I want to be a boss, but it's not for everybody. So you want to make sure that vision and that dream is strong enough to fight the storm, because the storm going to come. So if you get in strictly about the dollar, because the dollar is not going to come. Mm -hmm. So your passion or your vision, the gift or whatever God has given you, you got to be strong enough to say, it's going to come on the back end. Absolutely. And right now, Lord, I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep trusting, knowing that what you gave me is going to provide and bear fruit in due season. But sometimes we get impatient and thinking as soon as we launch, mm -hmm. boom. And don't get me wrong, there's been some men and women, boom. But for the majority... You're going to have to take that long route, step by step, step by step, faith by faith, faith by faith. So I encourage you brothers and you sisters to, you know, think about it, count the cost, but it's in you. Make sure it's a God idea and it's going to bear fruit in due season. So I find something very profound, and this is probably uh, going to be kind of like off the cuff. I'm reading the quote that yeah. you have on the shirt right now. So this is one of... Yeah, yeah exactly. shirts right. Hold up, we're we, we gonna soak that. Go, 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 we're gonna get that soaked. Okay. So it says many people die at 25 and aren't buried until they're 75. Yeah. What does that mean to you? Mm, man, that's so deep, man. That one hit home. Uh, because I've seen this in so many cases. And again, it's not dying physically, because we see they're not buried until 75, but mentally, they died at 25. Mm. Excuse me. <clears throat> and that, to me, that means you lost hope. Mm. You lost your faith. You lost your vision. You lost your drive. You lost your ambition. Mm. So you're still out here in society or incarcerated, and you thinking this is it. Okay. And you're only 25. Mm. You know, or 35, or 40. You know, there's no age number on that of losing the vision and losing the drive of life. But the thing is, as long as God keep waking us up and allowing us to breathe this air, that means we got another chance. Mm -hmm. So no matter how dark your life may look <coughs> right now, no matter how ugly it may look, that I might not come home and hey, I had three, I had a three year setup this second, this third time. Mm -hmm. You know, so things can look ugly, but don't lose the hope. So for me, this stands for keep pushing, keep living. You know, hashtag never stop dreaming because we just seen a lot of people be out here in society on drugs, mm -hmm. God forbid, on the corner panhandling, and sometimes I look and like, they had some greatness going on, yeah. but somewhere they lost it, somewhere they lost the drive, somewhere they lost the vision, and this shirt here just represents to keep dreaming. Don't be that person that lose your vision at 25, or lose it at 18 and 17, mm -hmm. 
you know, but whatever that dark moment is, go through it, ask God for strength, rise back up, because the word of God says, a just man falls seven times and he rises back up. Mm -hmm. So just keep rising. And I mean, just to bring it uh, to uh, a common, yeah. uh, Michael Jordan, many people know mm -hmm. that he was cut from his basketball very team. Word, very word. Uh, Michael Jordan had over 900 shots yeah, yeah, that yeah. he missed, yeah. game-winning shots. Yeah. Uh, he went to the championship nine times. Yeah, yeah. But how many rings did he win? Four. He won six. 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 He won six rings. Yeah. So he went nine. <laughs> yes, sir. I went six. Yeah, yeah. I won six. six. Okay. Yeah. And how many times did he go to the playoffs? I don't know about the playoffs, but you said championships. Okay, I went to six. Okay. He won six. Okay, but how many times did he go to the playoffs? I don't know, but he lost some. Okay. He might have lost some playoffs. Okay. I think he did. The Chicago, when Mike went to the championship, he won. six for six. Okay. Yeah, I, 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 I get his point. You get his okay. point. But I don't want the Mike's name to be wrong <laughs> on this, this part. Right. So, so, so the point is, is that. He missed a lot of shots, but he's yes. still known to be great. Yes. A lot of us, we make mistakes, exactly. but we're still great people. Yeah, yeah. Regardless yeah. of, you know, our yes, flaws or different things that we went through in yeah. life, yeah. we don't take an L. Yeah. And I most often tell people all the time, Lesson. you don't lose in life. Yeah. You yeah. either learn or you win. Yeah. And so in the circumstances, the situation that we found ourselves in, yeah. we had a conscious decision that we had to make. Either I can succumb to the system and continue to be who I was that got me here, yeah. or I can make a conscious decision to allow this to be a comma and not a period mm -hmm. in wow. my life. And so as a result of that, we emerged about a, a dark place. We talked about this earlier, a dark place, and we are on this side now. So as we close, I want to ask one question. How do you know? How old are you now? 41. So, Mr. Mr. Jeremy Kennedy <laughs> is 41 years old. <laughs> yeah, he did so, like that. So, the question, like, yeah. the, the question that I want to ask, he's 41 years old. What would you say to the 17-year-old, the 18-year-old, or the person who's going into prison for the first time mm -hmm. today? What would you tell that person? Wow, wow. I would say, man, that's deep. Uh, Again, listen, listen, be a sponge, be a sponge. Uh, I was once 17 and 18 and thought I knew it all. And be a sponge, you know, listen to whether you got mom and dad there, but God, I, he always send the shepherd. Mm -hmm. So whoever that shepherd is in your life, mentors, like really listen and key in and gravitate to those principles and tools that they're trying to give you because it's going to save you a lot of time. So, you know, not saying I got regrets or anything because God has restored, but at 17 or 18, I could have grabbed it a little sooner. Mm -hmm. Man, it would have been even awesome. So I'm going to just tell you, brothers and sisters, listen, and if it's your first time, try to please make it your last time. Because if not, if you fail, you have to repeat. If you fail, you have to repeat. So try to make it your last time and get all that you can get because this too shall pass. Well, man, that's all I have to say. I appreciate you coming out this show. I appreciate you guys, time. man. All right. Thank you. Yes, sir. Appreciate it. Yes, sir. All right. So until next time, we love y'all. Tank Nation Conversations. Promoting change 
through change. I'm Brian Collier, Executive Director of Texas Department of Criminal Justice. Blakinger. Uh, Dennis Martinez. I'm a world and U.S. skateboard champion. Hello, my name is Kevin Kempf, and I'm the Executive Director of the Correctional Leaders Association, and it's an honor. Gary Moore. Yeah, my name is uh, Hedemias Cooper. Uh, hello, I'm Michael Dutra. And this is Sharon Dutra. I'm David Gorin. I'm a, a radio producer for the BBC. I'm Maria Margaronis. My purpose is to look out at each and every man in this room and see that there's hope for everybody in here. Oh, when I came to death row, all I knew was that I came here to die, but little did I know, I came here to live.